Parked Up. We're still parked up. It's episode three of Parked Up. My name's Grant Rowley. I'm with Tony D'Alberto. I never thought we'd get to our third episode, to be honest, but fantastic to be here. I am very pumped for this episode. <laughs> Great. We've actually got some really cool guests. Before we talk to some of our guests on the phones, we can talk about the first round of the Car Sales ARG Esport Cup, which ran... Uh, just, a, just a couple of days ago. Well, if you were sitting in your simulator, it ran completely faultlessly. Um, all the drivers, other than the ones who got tipped off, there's a, a, a myriad of complaints that have gone to the <laughs> stewards about the uh, about that first race at Mount Panorama. But if you were sitting in your simulator driving, if you were one of those 52 cars, they all said that um, it was, by and large, really good. Unfortunately, we had... Um, some localised streaming issues from where we were doing the broadcast. The uh, best laid plans um, did not work out exactly as we thought. And, and like, that was a real shame, like, um, uh, personally, and also for our uh, our sponsors and for the Australian Racing Group. You know, we all put a lot of effort into making it, making it happen. And, um, yeah, to see the first round uh, just get um, uh, produced and broadcast in what was pretty substandard, uh, substandard things. But we have learnt a lot. Uh, we won't use the dial-up internet connection for next time. <laughs> uh, and we'll, we'll have it all tuned up and fixed for the second round, which is going to take us to Zolder. But despite some of those frustrations we saw, when it was working well, you, there was actually some really cool racing happening. There was heaps of carnage. We had some great moments. We had some uh, big-name drivers getting uh, rolling uh, up the track, which I thought was hilarious, and had a lot of people texting me, and they were really enjoying the broadcast. But yeah, to touch on what you were just speaking about then, about how the, the dramas that we faced, um, just to set the scene a little bit, you know, we, we set up sort of like a mini sort of broadcast in uh, ARG headquarters. Uh, we brought people in that, you know, are very good at what they do within the business of online racing. So you know, we thought we'd ticked all the boxes, we had the right people in, but obviously the internet, uh, everything's under huge amount of pressure at the moment. We've got a lot of people at home, you gotta remember that. And suddenly, uh, you know, maybe the system just can't handle the amount of people that are trying to access this online racing for one, but also people that are just hanging at home, uh, trying to stay away from other people and you know, isolate and all that sort of stuff. So, and it was absolutely, raining that heavy that night um all these things you know potentially created this drama so it, it was a real shame there's a lot of work that went into it and we thought we'd ticked all the boxes as, as you said but there's well you know the the uh, steps that we've put in place already for next week's episode so uh, or, or esport um competition we want to make this a, a real success and i think you know when it wasn't glitching people were really enjoying the show that was um that was on so very much looking forward to that and uh you know we hope that we can deliver next week i, I think we'll definitely we'll definitely deliver we've got some cool steps in place that will just make it a little bit more easy a little bit more streamlined uh maybe not put as much pressure on um the different components of the of the production so uh look just uh, just lessons learned um and you know it's not the first time those sort of issues come and, and it's you know it's but, even harder in live situations as well oh i tell you what we, we were literally ready to go that four minutes to go uh you'd done some beautiful slides 
uh, a nice little video as well to show. With four minutes to go, the whole thing crashes. <laughs> and it, we're trying to, you know, uh, press on as though nothing's happened, but it was you know, pretty obvious that it was going to be a bit of a rocky road. Um, it was it was a bit like a train wreck that we were trying to you know ease the impact. Uh, <laughs> but the carriages just kept slamming into yeah. the back, and it was all happening in slow motion as well. Yeah, it, it was tricky. But the people that we had here, you know, they were literally pulling their hair hair out because because they've done they've done this sort of thing before. Uh, it's not their first rodeo by by any stretch of the imagination. So, um, you know, they were faced with problems that they they probably hadn't seen before. And to try and react quickly and, and get it going, um, to be honest, to go racing was probably um, you know it, it, the best scenario that we could have come out of last night but with all the challenges we face. They're all the excuses, um, and we know that we've got to you know do a much better job next week. But the the steps we put in place will ensure that. Yeah, and look, let's uh, let's look at the positives. There were some uh, like really cool little battles, like the uh, Ash Sutton, the 2017 British Touring Car Champion, who uh, joined the field driving the Panther Fuel entry. Uh, he did a uh, he did a fabulous job to win uh, win the first race, having qualified a little bit down the order. Um, he beat home TCR Australia's own uh, Dylan O'Keefe. Who, who also did um, a great job to, to finish second, and he actually runs second in the series. Uh, we saw some really good battles with Stevie J. In the, in the second race, we saw Garth, Garth Tander having a, a couple of really good battles. All of the stars of our mm. of the show were, were featured in some way. And, um, yeah, there was uh, Mike Sinclair getting turned around, <laughs> uh, getting lapped and getting turned around. That was, uh, you it's know, a bit was, harsh. It's it a bit was harsh. some classic, uh, there was some classic little things. Look, I, I think it was quite interesting. Some of those guys that you mentioned, Stevie J, Garth Tander, you know, they're all big names within motorsport. They're guys that probably haven't spent much time at all on, on the sim. So I thought that was quite encouraging to see them mixing it. Okay, it was a reverse 26, you know, so they, they were up the front, but they stayed there. Hmm. So um, that shows uh, me that their, their pace was obviously reasonable. They might not have been able to quite extract it in qualifying, but when it came to a race scenario, they were actually able to mix it. So for guys like myself who, you know, I don't do a lot of sim stuff either, uh, it might actually, you know, push me into to going racing and, and getting involved because... You often think, you know, for some of the guys that are spending a lot of time on the sim, you're just never going to be able to match them. And you might not be able to get, you know, you know, within tenths of them, but if you don't crash and you can hold a steady pace and look after your car, then you've got a chance of actually getting a result. The, uh, the realism was also one of the things that um, some people had complained about. I, I know uh, I spoke to uh, Will Brown earlier and uh, he's going to join us a little later on in the program he wants the damage turned completely oh, off no um so it would make it it would make it impossible i watched some replays of some uh, in car uh, there was an incident at the very first corner a uh, very first lap griffin's bend where uh, i think nathan hearn had turned someone into the wall they bounced off the wall back into someone it looked like a reasonably light touch mm. it actually ripped the rear wheel off this car and he right. was out of the race yeah yep. um so with the sim the great thing is you can come back into the race but you have to sit in pit lane for three minutes right 
so your race is effectively done and you're kind of battling to try and get in the top 40 and maybe score some points. Otherwise, yep. um, your chances are, are over. So uh, Bathurst was always going to be a difficult yeah. track. You make a mistake there, just like in real life. Mm then things are going to be hanging off your car that are usually pretty vital to making the thing go around the track. I, I totally agree. And one, one of the funny moments I remember from uh, the show was they they had a shot looking down pit lane at one stage during the first race. And there would have been 20 cars in pit lane doing their three-minute uh, recovery or repair time. So uh, that just shows that the, you know, the amount of drivers that were having trouble uh, it was tricky to actually keep track of the, you know, all the battles going on throughout the field. Uh, 50 cars is pretty difficult to, to keep a track of. And, um, you know, we probably didn't get to see all the passing manoeuvres and all the hero moments, things like that. But everyone was obviously having quite a crack because, uh, you know, we saw quite a few cars in the pit lane that were trying to get repaired. So race two, though, for me was, was really good. Everyone had sort of, you know, had a race. They knew what to expect. Uh, they sort of behaved themselves in that first race, but then the second race, suddenly uh, the gloves were off. Well and truly off. <laughs> Michael Clemente, uh, the young privateer Honda entry, he had uh, was involved in a couple of incidents, um, no less with Stephen Johnson and Garth Tander, both <laughs> in the same race. Proud of him. I'm proud of him. Uh, unfortunately, Stevie J ended up backwards at one point of the track uh, after contact and um, Garth Tander ended up doing this uh, heroic sort of uh, pirouette through the sky yeah. in one of those unrealistic uh, glitch moments for the game. Forget the uh, glitches we were having just with the stream, but this mm. is, uh, you know, it looks like pretty soft contact, but the game throws the car up into the yeah, air. Yeah. There was, a, uh, I think I saw a... Um, an Instagram story from Warren Luff who put some nice music back to it with Garth jumping through the sky. It was, um, yeah, some some funny moments. And really, that's what it's all about. I do love the fact that um, there's 50, 50 odd entries in there. Mm. It's it's a lot, and it can create carnage. Mm. Um, but and especially around that, no, I like the fifty two cars. Yeah. It does show the great diversity that we have in the Australian racing group. Um, you know, we're not just a uh, one category um, organization we got yep. five categories and and all those categories get treated um, very 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 similar and it doesn't matter if you're at the front of the tcr field or if you're at the back of the touring car masters field or in the midfield of a trans am field um, you know everyone's equal so uh, they all should be invited to to be a part of it and yeah just our phones, both of our phones, had lit up. They were going uh, off. Asking for, how do I get in? How do I get in? I yep. want to be in. So, yep. so um, for all the negativity that we copped, there was a huge amount of positivity around it as well. Other drivers wanted to get in, get involved. People watching it, people literally laughing out loud at some of the accidents that we've already mentioned. Uh, one of the other ones, I mean, Garth seemed to feature a little bit, but when he went off at the chase there, that was a beauty. It was, a, it was a, almost a huge one. In real life, that's that's a massive shunt. That's a massive shunt. But I did have a chance today to chat to a couple of the drivers, and they were saying that it was really, really tricky. The way the cars move around under brakes so much, and that's typical of a TCR car, but potentially not that much uh, in real life compared to the game. And when people were making a pass... They'd try and give the other driver a bit of room, but the car would wander so much that they'd end up running into them and take them out of the race. And 
uh, potentially getting a you know penalty after the race. So some of those incidents that we saw were very uh, innocent. You know, they probably weren't as deliberate as what we actually thought at first when we were watching the vision. So um, I'm not sure. You know, the, the DSO would have had quite a bit of work to do last night with all the crashes. I'm not sure whether he actually got to each one. Uh, but that's all the stuff that we're going to see going forward. Drivers are going to get more confident with the, the whole sim racing thing. And they will have some scores to settle. You know, we were just sort of setting the scene last night. We've got nine more rounds to go. And it's only going to get better and better. The next round will be at Zolder in Belgium and quite uh, a bit of a bull ring uh, flowing as well. So, mm -hmm. but a lot more runoff there, you know, not as many <laughs> walls to uh, instantly shunt if they shunt into if there's a, if there's any problems. So yeah. I think it will be a, certainly a different style of racing, but the cream will come to the top again. But uh, I can imagine that 45 of those 50 that we had are currently on those sims right absolutely, now logging laps and then uh, maybe the week after that we're going to go f3 racing and oh, um, cool. if you're some of those virtual fans in the uh, up on the hill watch out for some flying wheels because <laughs> uh, there'll be a bit going on so tony it was uh, it was great to do that but let's roll on to the show and um one of your close and personal friends we're going to grab on the phone he does have the world's best first name that would be Grant Denyer, I assume you're alluding to. Would that be correct? Let's get him on the phone. On the phone is one of the greats, Grant Denyer. Thanks for joining us on Parked Up. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or wherever it is you're listening. Hello. Thanks, mate. Thanks for uh, being here. Uh, look, of course, we... Uh, uh, started this podcast a couple of weeks ago to fill some time while um, all these things around the world are happening. Uh, just tell us, um, before we start talking about some race cars, tell us about your coronavirus story and, and how you and your family are dealing with it. Well, we, we live on a little farm, so we kind of feel a little bit, you know, uh, separated, I guess, from from the seriousness of it because we're not sort of on top of our neighbours and... You know, we live in a regional community, Bathurst, anyway. So it's it's which is a you know again a, a, a slightly larger step out from the capital city of, of Sydney. So we're three hours away. So uh, somewhat cocooned a little bit, but obviously I work in television, and, and we've been making a show called Dancing with the Stars for the last couple of weeks, and it's been you know a battle just to get to Victoria where we film it, and just a, a battle to be able to finish the uh, the production, considering that we've got. Um, celebrities and professional dancers bumping and grinding up against one another for about seven hours a day, which is not exactly abiding by the 1.5 metre rule. I actually tuned in the other night to watch because I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan not only of the show, oh, but of, obviously of you, mate. You know, we've got a good, uh, a, a long history, a long relationship. But uh, I did notice a couple of the contestants having to do their routine uh, off-site at a, uh, their room or an apartment hotel. Um, yeah. Talk us through that. What happened there? Well, that's the son of uh, Richard Wilkins, the famous Australian entertainment guru uh, from Channel 9. So we had Christian Wilkins on the show, and uh, Dickie contracted um, uh, corona. So he had interviewed Tom Hanks's wife. Right. Uh, about two days before they were declared to have uh, the coronavirus. So Dickie got tested because he'd been in contact, came back positive. 
and uh, Dickie and Christian live together. So we were like, "Ooh, sugar, this is gonna. This, ooh, if he's positive, we're all gone." <laughs> because, like I said, we're all sweating and hugging and bumping and and thumping and as we have been for weeks. And so we're, we're the, the whole television show is about to go down in one foul swoop. So. Oh. We had to put Christian uh, in a hotel room and they had to keep practicing and training in this tiny confines around a coffee table and a couch. And then uh, they did their performance live on Sunday um, from the, the rooftop of their of their hotel. So the show must go on and it did. It's amazing how many shows um, have found new ways to, uh, to, to go on as well. You must, um, you know, you're so close to the TV industry you, you'd see all these new and wonderful ways that uh, uh, people, companies, uh, production houses are, are figuring out how the show must go on. Yeah, a lot of them have stopped. Um, a lot of them are just finding it hard to possibly ensure that every crew member is safe. Um, you know, even when Christian was was um, was had been tested after his dad's diagnosis, you know, we had people in the audio department in tears, you know, they've got kids, they've got elderly parents, you know, they've been, you know, miking these these people up, you know, for weeks, you know. So there was a lot of people just really unsure as to, you know, what was going to happen to them. So it was a bit of a scary scenario. So because it's impossible to keep large crews, um, you know, safe because of the – you just need to be in close confines with making television production. Some of them have just decided it's easy to shut it down altogether. And the others have, you know, that are continuing on have found sort of inventive ways to do it. You know, television is normally about how flashy and how big and how opulent and bright and shiny you can make yourself. But now we're watching people broadcast from their lounge room <laughs> and Tracy Grimshaw and a current affair just sitting in front of her television <laughs> hosting, you know, one of the highest rated television shows in the country. But with the dogs. it's kind of cool You're with the dogs and the horses. Uh, look, uh, we want to talk a little bit about racing today. We don't want to talk about all the negative stuff that's going on around us. So let's get on to some eSport racing. Uh, did you tune in to our first race at Bathurst the other night? I did. I was really excited by the prospect. I've, I've seen everybody touting um, this switch to online racing versus, you know, versus actual racing at, at this time. And I thought, well, this would be interesting to see if it translates, to mm. see if it works. You know, because I've played iRacing a fair bit. You know, I know the graphics are good, uh, but, you know, does it make it a TV sport? And, you know, although you guys had a couple of bumps in the road for your first time, which is always inevitable. That's very polite. Anything That's for the very first polite. Time, <laughs> I reckon it's good. I, I like it. I You know, in the event of there not being any other form of racing, I, I think it's a great substitute. And we're kind of lucky that, you know, that motor racing actually lends itself to esports really, really well. Um, I, I thought it was good. I thought you guys did a great job. Yeah, it's one of those sports that, uh, you know, driving a simulator really replicates uh, driving a race car. And there's not many other sports that you can do that. So, Last, oh, the, the other night, I should say, was the first time that we got to put all our drivers to the test, some that love sim racing, some that don't. Now, you mentioned that you've uh, done a little bit of sim stuff yourself, so could we entice you to come on uh, <laughs> as a driver in the future rounds? Special guest. 
if I can pump people off and it have it not cost me cost me money to replace a quarter panel, I'm in. <laughs> like it's consequent free racing. <laughs> it's it's good. <laughs> I, I mate, I love it. I think it's really good. I, I went to Nurburgring in Germany and and raced in the 24 hour race over there. And the only way that you could ever possibly you know learn 97 corners mm. uh, is is to do it you know on a sim. And plus you know prior to racing rounds with you like we did in the Australian GT for Ferrari. You know, I'd jump on a sim and it always, it had always, it's like racing a simulator prior to a racing round is like getting extra two practice sessions in. It just gives you, it just puts you three steps in front of any anybody else. And yeah. It's hi- highly valuable. I'd love it. It's very much a, a fantastic training tool. And I think that's why a lot of drivers do use it. But aside from the sim stuff, look, when we go racing again, we've spoken about this ourselves privately, but uh, we really want to get you in a TCR car. What are we going to do? to get Grant Daniel on the grid at the, well, it might even be the first round of TCR this year, depending on when we get going racing. Come on. Come on. I'm looking for some motorsport to do, mate. So there you go. I'm, You've uh, heard it first. Grant Daniel. You know, maybe I'm in. in. He's in. <laughs> good, 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 good. Uh, look, we'd does, love does, does to. Does Hyundai Gets, do they race? Do, is, is there a Hyundai Gets that I can get in? Like, what's, what's, my, what's, my, what's my machine of choice? Hey, you've got to be in a Honda, mate. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I'll talk to Wally today, and we'll get you signed up. All right. The series looks hot, man. I, I you know, I, I really like it. I love the breadth of the machinery. I love the depth of the drivers. I think the cars look cool. Um, and plus, you know, the fact they look pretty wild in the rear end. When you guys have got cold temperatures on, they look like an absolute freaking oh. handful, which also makes it fun. They are a handful on cold tires, that is for sure. But you know, later in the year, we're actually going to do an enduro, the Bathurst International. So, you know, you, you're a local to Bathurst. We've raced together many, many times before. And the best thing about partnering up with you is we don't have to change the seat at all. So, <laughs> it's the first time in my life I've never, <laughs> I've never had to do it. I put, we... Steve, I put, I put Stephen Johnson's race suit on once, and I could zip it all the way up over my head and i just wandered around the pit lane looking like a headless horseman it was insane i can absolutely believe that i have that re- <laughs> i have that regularly with fabian as well so uh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> look uh if we don't get you in uh in a sprint race then keep your options open for the bathurst international later in the year but why don't we do it why don't we do it, we do it together like uh like you do the fills and i do the steering we'll do it at the same time <laughs> That sounds like a bloody good plan. I like that. <laughs> it sounds like a, a a funny sort of social media video. I'm not sure if the Motorsport Australia authorities are going to uh, let that happen, but we've uh, we've probably seen some more weird and wonderful things go on. Grant Denyer, thank you so much for joining us on uh, Parked Up. We appreciate your time. Of course, we'd love you to come and compete uh in the tcr australia series but great to hear from you great to hear the families uh, uh chuggling on chuggling on okay and we look forward to seeing yourself and everyone else back out on the racetrack real soon yeah good luck with round two uh, of the e-series guys keep up the great work we're, we're all fanging for some extra motorsport in our life and, and so far so far you're the only dudes who are delivering it so we love you for it thanks heaps thanks buddy see you dudes great to have grand denia join us on parked up and uh, you guys have actually done, we did touch on it a little bit there, but you guys have done a lot of racing together. We certainly have. Uh, he's, he mentioned the Ferrari that we drove in Australian GT. Most recently, we drove a Lotus in Australian production cars, and we've won a lot of races together. He's a really competitive driver, 
And although everybody sees him as a, uh, a, per- a TV personality, he was actually a race driver before he even uh, got into that. He got into it to try and get sponsorship to go racing. And then he found out he was pretty good at that side of things. And uh, the two sort of went hand in hand. So he still really lo- he loves driving race cars. And I think this year we'll see him jump back out there and uh, compete in a few more events. Because last year he didn't do a huge amount. But I know that hunger is, is uh, burning inside. He did the Bathurst 12-hour to start the year with uh, Trofeo Motorsport and Lamborghini. Um, so I reckon we can entice him into a TCR car. From a gold Logie winner to a man who's putting in a lot of effort behind the scenes in the race against the COVID-19. His name's Renato Liberto, and he's come up with an amazing concept to get the motorsport community involved in fighting against this disease which is ruining everyone's life and we need to get rid of it so let's get Renato on the phone and find out how he's going to help us flick this bug. On the phone is Renato who is in a race against COVID-19. He's come up with a uh, fantastic initiative to get the motorsport community involved in this in the current crisis that uh, the world is is going through. Renato thanks for joining us on Parked Up. Thanks guys thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about uh, your initiative and how it's going to work. Right, yeah, well, I guess like most people, I, uh, you know, a couple of months back I was sitting watching what was happening on the other side of the world thinking this isn't, you know, this is unprecedented, but also it's probably not something that's going to affect Australia too badly. And then obviously it started hitting our shores and, and escalating, you know, quite quickly. Um, my business is in automotive events and, and around the motorsport and automotive industries, which obviously, as most of our community and your listeners would know, around Grand Prix week was when you know things started to seize up with, with everything going on. Um, and you know, with my business doing what we do, it kind of stopped immediately. And I sat back and said, okay, can I do something here that, that actually makes a difference at this point? Um, and sat down and sort of put my thinking cap and thought, I've got a pretty good network. Uh, across Australia, both in the motorsport and automotive side, um, seeing what was happening overseas with, you know, you know these, these very well-developed countries running out of, you know, resources both for healthcare workers and patients, I thought, is there something I can do around that, helping build capacity here in Australia and, and, and set my mind to it? And I guess the concept of this is, is quite easy, is if someone out there has a, you know, a business or a skill set, whether they're an individual or, you know, working for a company that thinks they can help out, uh, head to a website, fill out a really quick and easy form that kind of allows people to tick and choose what they've got capabilities with. That chucks everything into a database and then we try and match up those people or companies with a requirement, whether it's a, you know, a GP clinic or a you know, network of GPs or a hospital or, or in, in, you know, in the major case, working with things like the Australian Defence Force, trying to coordinate their national effort, understanding, you know, nationally how we can engage a whole bunch of businesses to help build capacity in manufacturing and logistics. So you launched uh, only a few days ago. What's the uptake and what's the conversations been like with people who could potentially be involved from the racing and the automotive world? Absolutely. Well, so, you know, I... I wasn't really sure what the expectation was, uh, you know, what my expectations were, to be honest, when, when I uh, had the concept and launching it. I wanted to use social networking to try and hit all these different crevices of, of the industry, both on the automotive side and, and the motorsport side. Obviously, you know, speaking to guys like yourself on a show like this is great because it's going out to a wider database. Um, in the first 24 hours, we had something like 40,000 uh, visits to the website, unique visits to the website. 
Um, and we had about 50 different companies at that point and individuals um, who had registered for it, which I just thought, you know, awesome. Wow. If, if I had a, if I had half a dozen, I would have thought that's pretty cool. Um, now, what are we, you know, a couple of days down the track, um, we've had 80 odd thousand visit, unique visits to the website and we've got over 150 businesses and, and individuals registered now. And, and already we've matched up two businesses in our portal with a genuine supply in, in you know, out in, out in uh, the healthcare system. Um, and just today I'm working with another organisation very similar to what I've set up, but they are actually a medical organisation. So they're trying to collate medical resources around the country to try and attack this. And, and yeah, just this afternoon I've been speaking to them and hopefully um, with a few people I know that have got access to 3D printing in New South Wales, we can start supplying equipment to places like St Vincent Hospital um, you know, within a week. It's certainly a fantastic initiative and uh, congratulations, Renato. It's fantastic to see that you're, you're taking this on board and um, you've done a lot of research in the background uh, to sort of get some of this information and, and really sort of get an understanding and how, how serious the, that we're, well, what we're facing at the moment. Um, other, we've seen Triple Eight, we've seen Erebus, other motorsport teams getting involved and trying to help out as well. But this is a very different concept, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, it's as I, as you said, like it's great to have seen what Triple Eight have done. You know, they've, you know, with Dr. Carly, you know, the Supercars medical delegate. Obviously, he's got an immediate, uh, you know, line of communication to to the places in need, and he could sort of talk to those people, and they, you know, likely that those teams are proactive in in approaching him for what they could do. Mm. But the concept of this is is I guess far and wide. You know, there's a lot of teams that not only support our top tier national category, but you know, the, the state-level rounds as well as just amateur track days and things like Time Attack, etc. there is a, you know, many hundred million dollar, you know, um, industry here that's mm. basically had the, the tap turned off overnight yeah. with what we do. And um, there's a lot of, you know, personal businesses that I know that I've called and spoken to and, and you know, everyone's doing it really tough. And I guess the primary of this is to try and make a difference to both the healthcare workers and the patients that are going through this, you know, at a critical state. But I guess the, the tertiary um, spin-off to this is hopefully it's going to get people to earn a living in the meantime, you know, keep their businesses running. Sure, you know, like Triple Eight's got a whole bunch of engineers and staff there and same as Erebus. They've retooled and reskilled and have put people to work to produce a different product. They're not, you know, they're not problem-solving a V8 supercar. They're problem-solving a medical device or a medical um, you know, piece of protective equipment. So, uh, I guess the concept's very, very similar. But the outcome is, I'm trying to do it very far and wide, and and you know, spread the network around. And if anyone goes to the website and has a look at the form, they'll see. You know, we're looking for people that can drive trucks or have trucks or have warehousing. You know, to build ten, twenty thousand, you know, face shields a week. For argument's sake, you need space and you need people to do that. And then you need, you know, something bigger than your you know, your family sedan to, to drop them to a location. So we're trying to understand what capabilities we have scattered around the country and then start to piece them together. One of the things we're working on in Victoria is a company to help uh, produce a component of a much bigger device, mm. but then have another company actually assemble that into the device and another company then deliver that device to where it needs to be tested before it's certified and put to use. So, um, you know, just trying to figure out how this supply chain uh, needs to work and the people that can fill those spots along the way. So for those out there interested in seeing more about what Renato is speaking about here and his great initiative, 
It's raceagainstcovid19.com.au and you can also get in touch via the social media platforms as well. Renato, uh, you're doing a fantastic job, mate, and please uh, please keep it up. It's, um, it's, a, it's great for our racing industry. It's, uh, it's great for the automotive industry that we're um, showing the breadth of our talents and uh, skill sets are, are just more than turning cars around the racetracks, which is something that you like to do as well. Tell us a little bit about your uh, racing journey. Yeah, look, I, you know, I guess most people in the industry at some point, if they're not, if they're not still, you know, the space between the seat and the steering wheel, they've done that at some point. Um, I sort of did a lot of, you know, state racing, etc. when I was growing up and, and progressed to the, you know, GT category. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Tony and I didn't quite have the, um, the, the best run at Bathurst a few years ago, but we were, you know, for, <laughs> we for were a moment. We were, yeah, we were teamed up. We stayed in the same hotel room, and I think we both uh, walked to the track together, but uh, we unfortunately didn't make the start. But Not because um, of us, know, but, though. Uh, Let's get that clear. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, exactly right. But, um, you know, ran in a lot of different categories over, over the years and sort of amateur and, I guess, semi-pro levels, and then uh, with the work that I do in the automotive events side, I've done a lot of work with Ferrari over the years, and that opened some doors to get involved in testing and development work on on the GT cars overseas. So I spent a lot of time, uh, I guess, working you know with data engineers etc. on on the cars, developing some traction control and ABS things early on, and um, and also coaching a lot of drivers. So it kind of all a few years ago, I think it was 2016, 12 hour, I got carbon monoxide poisoning quite bad. Um, and around the same time was having my first child. So that kind of made me, you know, reassess what I was doing. I wasn't doing it full time, um, you know, like a main game driver was, or, you know, someone like Tony that, you know, does it full time as, you know, uh, co-driver, etc. I sort of reassessed it and went, you know, it's something I'll still do if the right opportunity comes up, I'll happily jump into a car and, and, and have a crack. But um, for me, growing my business and supporting my family is, you know, the primary, um, the primary initiative for me at the moment. And, you know, the car stuff, I still get to do cool stuff. You know, I still get to hang out with Tony at the racetrack doing cool stuff with cars. <laughs> only, only when um, you uh, hire me, though. Yeah, well, I mean, every time we get you on board, Tony, the coffee bill goes through it the roof. Does, it does go Is through that... the roof. It does go through the roof. I only come to an event unless, you know, there's, there's a really good coffee machine, uh, good lunch, yeah. uh, you know, nice cars. So it really does narrow down the window of opportunity for me. You Italian blokes. Absolutely. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're the biggest, we're both the biggest folk Italians. We've got the names, but we clearly don't have the accent exactly. or the language yeah. at, at hand. But, uh, but look, it's, uh, you know, it's staying around the industry has always been my thing. I've, you know, I've got a background in mechanical engineering and IT and kind of joke about having a past life doing those things professionally before I started the business that I'm doing now. Um, but I'd, you know, I'd much rather be doing what I do uh, now with with my business, Moto Kinetic, and producing automotive events and working with, you know, uh, cool prototype cars and all these different things that we do. Um, because it's, I guess, like what I'm trying to do with Race Against COVID-19 is, it challenge myself. You know, every every day is a different challenge um, with with what we do. And I found myself getting quite stale doing the other work that I was doing, where you are employed to do a job and it's the same job every day. Um, I have a lot of variety in what I do and, and I really enjoy the challenge of, uh, of what I do at the moment. So you might see me back in a car at some point, but uh, for the time being, you know, I've got, I've got bigger fish to fry with, with two young kids and, um, and uh, you know, a lot of work on my plate. Well, mate, uh, we, uh, we thank you so much for joining us here on Parked Up. Uh, look, great to talk. 
uh, and please keep uh, keep fighting that good fight. Um, uh, you know, you've uh, you've made our industry uh, very proud just for the uh, just for the initiative. And you know what? If it helps save um, just one or two lives, then um, then it's a job well done. Absolutely, guys, and thank you very much for giving me a chance to you know to talk about it to your audience. And and just one last thing to anyone listening: if you if even if you don't think you can. 3D print or manufacture something or drive a truck for that matter. You might have other skills in photography and video or even, you know, copywriting press releases for race teams. All of those things are going to become important to this project because if someone is making or assembling a product, we need to produce training materials or, you know, to upskill people to learn how to assemble, learn how to, you know, change a device. Um, so if you do have skill sets that are slightly on the fringe of our industry, please still hit the website. There's another box where you can type it in. Um, you never know, you know, what your, your niche sort of industry or niche job might be, may be of importance to us. So please, you know, anyone out there, jump online and, and, and let us know what you can do. Thank you, mate. Really appreciate your time. Stay safe, stay healthy and look after that family of yours. Thanks, guys. You too. Cheers. Cheerio. Thank you. Great to hear from Renato there, Tony. And I guess one of the things he didn't talk about was that he is taking no financial remuneration from this great project. Yeah, and that's a big call because like myself, uh, the driver training industry has absolutely ceased. So there's no events on the, on the horizon at all. Uh, that, which means no income coming in. So now to take on this project and put so much time and effort into try and get it up and running, um, I've got to take my hat off to him. What a fantastic uh, initiative. Uh, he's a really smart guy, and like he mentioned uh, before, he's got a lot of contacts within the industry. So fingers crossed he can get up and running. I know he's talking with governments as well to try and get their support. Hopefully we can put the, the people that have lost their jobs to great use but also, you know, potentially save some lives. I can't champion that anymore, Tony D. And speaking of champions, let's grab TCR's inaugural champion, Will Brown. And on the line, we have young William Brown, the inaugural TCR Australia Series champion. Will, thanks for joining us on Parked Up. Yeah, thanks for having me. Mate, obviously it's been uh, great to work with you over the past uh, 12 months, not only with your um, skills behind the wheel of the Hyundai i30 in the car sales TCR Australia series and winning that, but you also did uh, did some S5000 stuff. You've been Erebus co-driving in the uh, supercars season. It's been a, uh, it's been a very, very busy uh, little period in your life. Yeah, definitely. It's pretty cool to do all that. I've always done uh, as much racing as I can pretty much. So, um, you know, you pretty much summed up all of it there. But uh, like I say, just get in any car I can and have a crack. Mate, before we talk, we've got uh, we've got a couple of things we definitely want to go through, including um, the eSport Cup that you were involved with a couple of nights ago. Uh, but um, the uh, the coronavirus is obviously the reason why we, Tony and I, started this podcast was to... Uh, kind of fill in our time, otherwise we'd be sitting at home watching Netflix uh, and not achieving <laughs> a great deal. Tell us a little about your coronavirus story, how it's affected your world, other than the uh, the fact that you don't get to go car racing. Yeah, well, obviously, you know, it's it's affected majorly. Um, you can't get KFC up here, so that's a big <laughs> start. But uh, no, I'm joking. But, yeah, well, I'm just I'm just back working. So I'm just back at home helping out the parents. We have cars galore up here, so working full-time. We're just keeping uh, that going. Obviously, it's tough times during uh, coronavirus, but there's not much we can do, really, as drivers. We can keep fit. Um, 
we can jump on the simulator. But, uh, yeah, no racing and uh, none of that sort of stuff. So it is uh, a bit annoying. It's pretty true what you say there. As a race driver that is doing a lot of racing, more than what I am, um, you sort of gear yourself up to have that flexibility and time to be able to jump in the race car at any given moment. If somebody needs you to race their car, you've got, your, you've got that time available to do it. So when things like this happen, suddenly you've got a massive hole uh, to fill there. So what has your old man got you doing at Cars Galore? And, <laughs> and make sure you give it a plug. Yeah, yep. So, yeah, like I said, my year this year, I pretty much had 22 events on the horizon. I had some uh, pretty cool stuff that was going to come out about two weeks after this all hit. Um, can we, can we roll it out today? I can't say it just yet, but oh, um, yeah, we would have had an exclusive. Put that on hold. Um, so there was there was a fair bit of stuff happening um, there around the TCR thing. So a bit disappointing for me. So um, like you say, you're, you're always ready, you're always doing that on the weekends. You really don't have many weekends off. So now it's a bit weird because we've got weekends off, but we can't go anywhere and can't do anything. So um, right now we're just like say at the car yard on the used car salesman. Um, we're getting that done and just trying to sell as many cars as we can. And uh, while we're not selling cars, we detail them and get pretty much everything we can in the business done. It's a family business, so not a not a heap of employees or anything. So you do everything you can in the business. Yeah, that's fantastic that you're sort of getting your hands dirty, starting from the bottom and working your way up to the top. Have you got uh, any desire at all outside of racing to take on your old man's business? Yeah, well, it was always the plan. Like, I never really thought, um, you know, I was running 86 and all. I didn't really think, you know, I would make it as a professional driver. You weren't really thinking down that road. And then sort of we jumped through to Super 2 and started going well. But um, that's always been the plan if uh, if racing doesn't work out. So, um, you know, it's always a backup. And, uh, you know, I quite enjoy it as well. You enjoy selling a few cars. Any uh, particular car that's a bit of a hot buy at the moment? <laughs> My Mustang. <laughs> Actually, I can't say that. I <laughs> drive a Holden. <laughs> and a Hyundai. Yeah, and a Hyundai. Nah, so, so, uh, that's about it. So tell us, uh, but besides uh, the car racing stuff and obviously being a car salesman, you're a jack of all trades, but um, you also spend a fair bit of time many, many metres up above as well. There's not much coronavirus happening up there at 10,000 feet. or uh, how Actually, how high does uh, one of your little light aircraft uh, get up to? Yeah, so we can fly as high as 18,000 feet with um, with our, I guess, license. And uh, my brother, my brother's a commercial pilot, so um, you know that doesn't mean airliners, but um, flying for a farmer and all that. And we had the plane there, and uh, I thought I'd do mine, and it's been fantastic. I, I really enjoy it. It uh, gives us another another thing to do and uh, a easy way to get around. But it's really cool trying to push the limits a little bit more there. So I was there with Matt Hall last week doing a fair few aerobatics and everything there. Um, so. No, it's just another another cool thing to do and learn another skill level, I guess. So how much time do you actually spend up in the air? Yeah, well, I've done about 150 hours since I got it about oh, eight months ago. I got it like five days before Bathurst and we flew down there. So um, I haven't had it, you know, a, a long time, but I've been doing a fair few hours and getting up as much as I can. So this has put it on hold a little bit because we can't really jump the borders as much, but... and. I'm not flying to race events, but we're still uh, cruising around as much as we can. 
And what's the uh, lamest excuse for uh, for getting it started and, and going for going for a fly? Like uh, maybe uh, the the local go go down and get some milk and bread might be a uh, uh, a bit too much. But is there like you know do you have like a, a favourite kebab shop or something? You thought oh I just I just need to get their kebabs and uh, you know just quickly go for a fly. Oh, just a pickup line for Byron Bay. <laughs> and <laughs> and has it worked? No, I'm only kidding. Um, no, we always go down to Byron Bay, the family and uh, Nisa and that, and have a day. You know, it only takes 40 minutes to get there from Toowoomba. And, uh, you know, you can um, you can go down, have lunch, go for a swim, head home. So, um, you know, you can use it for a bit of, you know, going away and doing that sort of stuff as well. All right. So let's uh, talk a little bit about motorsport. Obviously, this year, pairing up with Davey Reynolds uh, in the number yep. nine, I believe, number nine Erebus supercar. Uh, you know, we're all very much looking forward to going racing, getting underway. Uh, you did Adelaide um, in the Wyhoon Rocket. Um, how did that go? And uh, what are you looking forward to the most this year with the, on the racing front? Obviously doing TCR again as well. And you obviously mentioned that there might be some other things in the, the pipeline also. Yeah, so um, I'm, I'm quite happy. Made the, made the switch to uh, carry Wyhoon this year. That was pretty much an Erebus decision because... Uh, I'm an Erebus, I guess, junior driver now. I'm getting ready for next year. So they decided to align me with them. And I was quite happy with Adelaide because we put on pretty much a whole new front end to their, like, to that end, uh, all new uprights, all new everything for what they were used to compared to the end of last year. And um, some of the things just didn't work out the way we wanted them to and probably weren't, oh, what would I say, put in right. So, um, so they've done a fair few adjustments and talking to the team since then, they think we have a lot to a lot more to give, which we're probably only a little bit off the pace over there. So hopefully that um, is, is definitely a jump forward. But talking to Erebus, who are assisting them, and Terry, um, they think it'll be a massive jump. So I think Adelaide was positive, come out of their top three in the championship. And um, we believe we've got a fair bit of, to gain still from there. Yeah, hopefully when we actually get going racing. What are you hearing from the inside um, the motorsport fraternity there? What, you know, When do you think we're going to get going? Uh, I know everyone's sort of guessing at the moment, but um, from a DVS point of view, we haven't really heard a huge amount. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't talked to, to be honest. I think everyone's in limbo right now. Everyone's trying mm. to just work and keep businesses away from it, um, keep running and that. So I haven't talked to a heap of people, but my honest, my honest opinion is I, I would be surprised with what's going on if we went racing this year. Um that's just my honest opinion, I think, with what's going on and how much they've closed down, unless there's some sort of cure or something that someone can get injected with, I think mm. it's going to go on for six or seven months, which is something that slows us down. But you'd hope not, because um, we all want to get racing, and even if it means at the end of the year we can shorten up a series and you know do a few rounds towards the end of the year, that'd be awesome, and uh, you know get the fans back interacting and doing all the stuff before the 2021 season. For sure, sure. We really want to get racing as soon as we can. But you did go racing on the eSport, <laughs> Car Sales eSport Cup uh, the other night. Now, I was doing a bit of commentating with Grant, and I must admit, we didn't see you too much. <laughs> we saw you upside down in pit lane. <laughs> now, I'm being very harsh there because I am the worst sim racer ever, hence why I didn't oh. do it, and I just made an excuse that Honda wouldn't let me. Uh, but the truth is, I'm absolutely useless on a sim. So, 
Look, have you spent much time on the sim and how do you sort of, uh, you know, translate the two, driving on the real racetrack and driving uh, on the online? Look, if that's how the Audi drives in real life, whoever's driving that is doing a bloody good job because <laughs> <laughs> that thing is terrible. Um, but, uh, yeah, I qualified 44th, which I was pretty happy with. It wasn't last. Um, I, I got the simulator, like, I got it working um, about two days before it, and I did, and obviously I'm working full-time, so I did um, a couple of hours each night before. So I might have had three hours where some of these guys have done, you know, weeks, obviously, months. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but, uh, yeah, I started 44th and, you know, I was talking it up like I'd take someone out, but all that happened is I got taken out. So, um, but uh, I came around turn two and because of the glitch, it, it, it glitched out and um, there was obviously a massive pile up there, but to me there was only one car that was actually there. The rest were glitched out, so I just ran into a wall that wasn't even there. So I just ran in first into a bunch of cars that I couldn't even see. Um, so that put me out of race one straight away. Yeah, we, we did have uh, a couple of technical dramas which were uh, holding up a, a, a variety a of a variety <laughs> of things. But um, look, we uh, we live and learn. But um, yep. look, round two, we definitely want you back involved. Um, you're going to confirm right now that you'll be in round two and uh, tell us about a uh, some some expectations. Where can you take that Audi at Zolder? Yeah, I, I'm questionable now about it, but uh, I'm trying to get you guys to put it as uh, no damage because I think the thing with them is that there's 51, 51, 52 cars on the grid. It just, you know, the amount of people that were out on lap one, and I didn't even do one lap for the whole race, um, which was which was a bit annoying. But I think that if we could have no damage, you get turned around and keep going. But I'm hoping that if I put in a bit of practice, um, I was actually like 15th quickest in, the, in practice, but I... Um, I didn't get a lap in quality because I touched the wall and I didn't understand that if you touch the wall, it takes your lap time away or something. Uh, okay, yeah. So, yep, that's, so that's... hopefully I can be a bit further up at the next one. But uh, like I said, I think I think damage needs to be turned off just so people can, because I think people are uh, taking the piss a little bit and running into each other. So uh, yeah, hopefully that, that stops a little bit. Well, we'll pass your uh, complaints on to the uh, commission and they'll have a, uh, a <laughs> thorough review. I'll send an email in. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect, mate. Hey, thank you very much for joining us on Parked Up. Uh, we miss seeing you out on the real racetrack, but um, in the meantime, the uh, eSport Cup is, uh, is what we have and uh, I'm sure you're a competitive young man. You will find your way uh, towards the front in no time. No, definitely. I've already taken some holiday leave to put some hours in, getting ready for next week. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, mate. No, too easy. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, Grant, we just heard from Will Brown. Sounds like he's getting his hands nice and dir dirty working for his old man and, uh, you know, keeping himself really busy in this period. So, I mean, astonishing to think that he had 22 events lined up for this year. Jeez, he's a lucky little bugger. Uh, but yeah, everything's on hold at the moment, as we know, and uh, you heard it today, he thinks that the racing might not even get going before the end of the year, which is, which is a really big call, but hey, uh, nobody really knows at the moment. So fantastic to have Will on the, on the show. You know, great to hear from Renato as well and hear what he's, going, what he's doing and the initiative that he's uh, taking on board, and uh, we're very thankful for that. And also to hear from our great mate, Grant Denyer, and hear what uh, the, the TV world's going through and some great stories there as well. 
Yeah, we did uh, get to speak to a uh, nice big mix of players. So, uh, Tony, the next time that you and I talk, we'll be talking about some uh, e-racing cars again, unless uh, one of us gets sacked. Um, but we, we actually might give uh, wow. we might get Greg Rust on the phone pretty soon as well. He uh, we might, we'll do that for uh, for for next time. Uh, I know he's actually uh, asked if he could uh, be involved in the uh, commentary for the eSport Cup. So what uh, what might happen is you and I will iron out the bugs and then uh, once all the bugs are ironed out, we'll insert the gurus. He'll come in and look like an absolute champion, which he is an absolute champion. A so. champion. Uh, but great to have him actually listening to our podcast. I got a message from the other day. He had a good chuckle about us uh, referencing his podcast at the start of uh, our episode two there. So... Look, uh, we're very early in this little journey, but we're slowly gathering uh, momentum. We've got some fantastic guests this week. And hey, if you do have any suggestions who you want to hear from, uh, make sure you hit us up and let us know. Well, that's it. We're still parked up. It's episode three. Have a great week. Ciao.